Hello and welcome. My name is Julia Goodall and this is the Grounded Families podcast, a podcast for all families navigating life, relationships and wanting a little more joy in their everyday lives. Hello and welcome. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about ritual and rhythm within family life. This is also a really big topic so I'm just going to dive into specific parts of this um, and give you a sense of the way that I'd work with this. So rituals and rhythm I sometimes like to think of within the family as almost like a like a skeleton or a skeletal structure that holds everything together. So this could be throughout the year, throughout the seasons, or throughout a day, or even throughout a meal. There will be tiny kind of micro rituals that happen um, within our days, but then there will be um, like a daily rhythm that happens for us, and a weekly rhythm, and a monthly rhythm. So depending where you're looking and how closely you want to zone in on this, um, it can be a really helpful thing for creating that structure for family life. I think that sometimes we want to create these things kind of artificially I want to say um, and that some part of the beauty of ritual and rhythm is that they happen organically and that yes of course we'll put in place particular structures that work for us and make life easier but sometimes these things will be born out of experiences and and that will be a really kind of complex rich way in which people connect with them as opposed to enforcing them within the home. I think particularly with children that if they if they don't make sense or if they don't if they aren't meaningful that they're much less likely to connect with them let me give you some examples some rhythms that we have in our home are small rhythms around bedtime but we've done this since my son was born he's now 7 um is that we would have like playtime and then it would be dinner and we'd all sit together to eat dinner when we can um and then it would be also a little bit more playtime and then it would be bath time and then it would be quiet time reading pajamas and bed um and this something happened the other day I can't I think we'd gone swimming and and then we'd had like a day bath and so I'd said to the, the kids if you don't want to bath in the evening it's fine um and my son had a reaction to that he's like oh it's so weird not doing our usual our usual routine um and it was jarring for him. I could see that we sort of laughed about it, but actually it was jarring for him that something he's done since the day he was born um, wasn't happening. And he really felt that. Um, and we we're talking later about how those sort of rituals and rhythms really hold us all, not just kids, um, that we know what's coming next. And, and what that does is that the part of our brain that's planning and that sort of executive function can also calm down that we are on automatic and we don't have to think through every single decision and every um, every single kind of step of our day and so that's also why it feels easier and calmer and less pressured um, then there are kind of annual rituals so around birthdays what we do is we have um, we have cake in the morning and we have cake in bed and it's such a treat um, well for everybody <laughs> say again for the kids it's a treat for me um, and we'll have candles and flowers and the person whose birthday it is will stay in bed and wait to receive little, little gifts and this cake in bed um, and because it's not something we ordinarily do we don't normally have breakfast in bed or 
but definitely don't let them eat cake for breakfast ordinarily. And so it's a really special treat and it feels that the person whose birthday it is, is honored in some way. And the kids, even as really young children, were in awe of that and really respectful of that and something they look forward to and something they describe about our family and something that we do. So these are not difficult kind of rituals, not expensive things to do. Um, and, and that's important too. So it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, an annual trip like, to Spain. It can just be small, um, really meaningful things for children that will really, um, yeah, provide that structure for the year, the structure for, um, for growth as well. So they have something to compare. And there's something about looking back to a previous year and the experience of that and, and to where we are now. It just provides um, some perspective for people. But the flip side of of ritual and rhythm being so meaningful and so containing is that when we are in relationships with people who have grown up um, in different ways, and all of them will, it's, we would never have grown up in exactly the same way, that we'll have different rhythms, different rituals. Um, and sometimes that can be quite jarring too. So... Um, sometimes spending like a festive season together with a family that does things differently can actually be really evocative for people. Um, And it will often be something that comes up in couple therapy around experiences around um, Christmas or Hanukkah. And it will be that time when everybody is off and there's this expectation of huge happiness and best time of your life. And so often it can feel really lonely and really isolating to not be part of um, of the structure of someone else's family. And of course, over time that builds and that changes, but I think it is important to know that we we really rely on the way that we do things and it's it's meaningful to us in a way that it soothes and contains us. And so one of the very many reasons why um, joint ritual celebration can be so stressful um, is because we have our own, again, our own map and our own experience and our own expectations about what these days should look like or should feel like. Um, and it's really important to get a little bit to grips with what yours are. So what are your expectations? What are the things you really love? What are the things that are most meaningful to you? What are the things that you would really miss if you stopped doing? Um, and it's important to have that conversation with your partner and to say, you know, what are the things that feel essential to you or how can we um, tweak these things so both of our sense of um, of ritual is met and what are new rituals we want to create, what are the things that we really didn't like growing up um, and traditions that were held that we actually are ready to say goodbye to. Um, and so that can be, yes, a very meaningful thing to do, but again, quite evocative for people. Um, and to make sense of that, that of course it makes sense. It's something that's provided comfort to your entire life, you know, being changed or, or being experienced in a different way can be more evocative than we imagine. So I think also in the context of this year and, um, how fraught it's been and how we haven't been able to see family in the same way or at all, um, there's something about having that separation that then makes the meeting more, 
not more important, but rather that the expectation on these meetings is huge. And I think it's huge to begin with. Um, and so to be mindful of that going in, I know we have Diwali coming up um, by the time this is released. I think it will be finished. Um, and we have Hanukkah and we have Christmas coming up. And I think that these these times of family ritual and potentially um, family meetups will be maybe more joyful, but maybe more fraught as well. And maybe a mix of those. But I think that we can expect um, within the context of this year and the trauma of this year that there are going to be some big feelings around these celebrations and to think carefully about how we enter them, what expectations we have around them, and maybe to pair those right back um, so that the ritual and rhythm of things can hold and contain us without getting too stuck on the specifics of that. So I want to leap a little bit away from that. I want to say something about the practical aspects of doing that. So when we are gearing up for a day, like a big sort of family event, um, again, there's lots of sort of balls in the air, lots of different people's expectations, um, different ways of doing things. And this can be big or tiny, like the way we grate carrots or the way we cook Brussels sprouts or that we'd never eat Brussels sprouts. And again, this, all of these things become so, um, so emotive for us. And they were no longer talking about Brussels sprouts. We're talking about years of family containment. We're talking about grief, um, and missing people that are no longer there. Um, if there's, if people have split up, you know, there's, there might be that longing with children to be with the other parents or with both parents, it's just so much going on. And so practical ways to address that and make the day, um, I want to say more bearable, but maybe even a joyful day is that you really pair it back. Make sure that you're getting outside. Um, when you're eating at strange times, kids can become quite dysregulated, as can we. Um, and it's important to make sure that there's time to be outside, blow, out, blow off some steam, Make sure that you are providing regular snacks um, for everybody. Again, low blood sugar is not the friend of a family event. Um, and yeah, just to make it as quiet and as calm as it can be. Remember also that lots of gifts can overwhelm children. So our bodies read excitement and anxiety in the same way. And we, we, we can't tell the difference. Um, and so even though there are happy things going on, um, children may respond in um, in ways of overwhelm that we might feel frustrated by because we think this is such a nice day, all these lovely gifts and wonderful food and all the people that we love, but really their bodies are likely to be in overwhelm, um, as are ours, and it's really difficult for them to regulate. So make sure for littler kids that you're having more contact so they might be more physically needy and to be ready for that, to just all the snuggles, all the um, kind of holding. And again, to make your day open enough to do that so that you're not cooking and slaving away for the entire duration of the day, but that there's time to pick up a child and walk with them outside or give them a snack and really be present with them. Look at some of the toys that they've got or read a book with them, um, make sure that they're having their nap as usual um, and really just making the day more about connection rather than about the ritual. 
And that's when the ritual can feel very rigid around we have to do it like this or we haven't had Hanukkah in the right way or it has to be like this or the day is a failure. Um, and to really, again, be mindful of that. So what are your what are your sort of weak spots around things like that? What are the things you really need to happen or really would really love to happen um, so that you can enjoy time with everybody? And what are the things that you are willing to let go of and to make space for? Um, particularly this year. I think that also after a year like we have had, that there will be sometimes a grief response um, in people, that there's been traumatic experiences throughout the year that although may not have happened to us directly, that we've witnessed on a kind of on a global scale. And I think that sometimes what can happen within the safety of a ritual is that some of that can come tumbling out. And so don't read those days of feeling quite emotionally fraught as something wrong with the day, but that there will be likely um, a big sort of emotional discharge um, and something about the year ending um, might feel like a huge relief, but also just prompt some overwhelm. So my message is just to be gentle and to be aware and to be ready um, for things like that, that, you know, Parts of the day with people melting down doesn't mean the day hasn't hasn't worked or has been a failure. Um, and to really look look at our expectations around things like that, that we will have joyful moments and joyful experiences within days um, that are still very meaningful. Okay, I think I'll leave it there. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. All of our show notes are on the website and please do like and subscribe and leave a review. It really helps other people to find us. Thanks so much. See you next time. Bye.